This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, day traders going short, hairdressers to the world of football and garbos on the recycle run. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, a TF much. Submariner Cedric Espen Sump AO. And doesn't that have a ring to it? As I understand it, uh, when the word came back from San Diego that we were in up to our eyeballs in debt with these boats. The first person, the first Australian to put their hand up in the air and say, yes, count me in, I'm prepared to go down under for Australia to take on the Chinese. It doesn't matter where, I'll be there with Cedric Espen Sump. And, you know, it's a tremendous, with Anzac Day just around the corner, how much does the whole Sump family feel uh, knowing that Cedric is going to be part of the big show? Uh, Yes, uh, that's the sound of the Sumpster Kempt in the Bludging on the Blindside Soundproof booth here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, welcome to the Bludge. H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. I don't know what it's been like at your place, but it's been absolutely screaming at my place. Overwhelmed I was all week, and a week when too much sport is barely enough. And to begin with, an update on the Blinkered Nights and Bowel Cancer extravaganza. We mentioned this last week. Hole up Australia. The hole has been Murray side all week, bringing hope and fun to flood-ravaged parts of Echuca, Torrumbarri, Coyuga, Tongala, and Wayuna this week. And uh, remember, every hole-up features 120 minutes of fun and laughing at league. Highlights include Hopper and Craig's reenactments. These are very, very funny. Now, I don't have to tell you Hopper's long suit here, but the reenactments go along the following lines. Craig runs on in the Coachwood and Myrtle looking for where Hopper might be and might be coming from. All of a sudden, Hopper pounces on him, gets him down. Well, it's a rubble. By the end of it, you're just in rubble, stitches. In the National Show Business, incidentally, was front and centre this week with the Oscars uh, blowing minds. And uh, Logies are going to return to their spiritual home of Sydney. I think July the 30th has been billed as the first opening of the doors on the new centre, the Centre of Excellence, Logie, that is Logie Excellence, that'll be part of the Sydney landscape by then, built, you know, obviously out of recycled, you know, television sets, beautiful touch. And already the uh, nominations for the Best New Talent category include the stars of Love at First Flush. So that's something to look forward to when you see the stars. Obviously, you've seen them weekly at home and when you see them in the flesh, Oh, you can see why they flush. Now, yes, uh, TV's night is night, back carbicide. And, you know, these days I can't really get a struck match between Oscar and the Logies. But now to the greatest game of all, Rugby League uh, 2023. Round two was shot out of the cannon exploding across the notion last weekend. Excitement! Excitement! Sort of Craig and Hopper together with some footy and scores and betting. That's how exciting it was. Uh, So many big issues emerged, none bigger than the 20-team competition, but proposed by our league supremo at Feather Central, Peter Valindis. 
The Bludgers teams for inclusion in the 20-team ways, and lots of people are putting their hands up and saying so-and-so should be included, this team should be included. This is the Bludge official list. Rural and regional Anzacs. Look, the Kaki and Coachwood are having a tremendous season uh, with Staff Sergeant Boxer Paloo. Uh, coaching and bellowing orders from the Bushmaster on the sidelines and Major Sammy Cannon steering the Anzacs around the park in the number seven shirt. Excellent, excellent. They select themselves. Also getting the nod, the long-suffering and very patient North Sydney Bears who deserve a chance at the top. Pacifica All-Stars, I mean, the name says it all. They must be included. Uh, the lovable Adelaide Rams. Now, that's my talking point in these uh, in these suggestions. The lovable Adelaide Rams deserve to go round again. They bring a lot of history to the table. Everyone would love to see the Rampage back in the Tizer. I mean, the case says it all, really, that selects itself. Now, and the Byron Bay Red Devils, uh, there's so much money in Byron these days, a very tight fit. You'd have no trouble funding a team out of uh, Byron Bay. And right out of left field, this was just uh, indicated to me by the Sumster a little bit earlier in the week. He, he thinks the Shanghai subs, uh, you know, he thinks they're a must-have in this 20-team competition. He believes their inclusion in the comp may do more for world peace than the AUKUS wheeze and dropping a dozen nuclear bombs. So that gives you an idea of where the um, Sumster's thinking with regard to the 20-team wheeze. Incidentally, the Bludge hopes this 20-team comp is a genuine proposal, a genuine proposal from the Feathered Trousers and his mates and not uh, another Volandis brainwaft looking for clicks. Remember, remember, respect round, remember pride round, remember round one in America, they all just all disappeared, all disappeared. I mean, respect, I can't get my head around it. I don't know what's going on there. By the way, I don't care how cod ordinary the competition is. That's the other thing I've got to get my head around and suggest to people in Australia. It doesn't matter how stupid and ordinary and hopeless the competition is. Some of these teams are going to stink for generations. This is just a fact. You've just got to learn to live with it. But more Australians playing rugby league has to be good for the nation. And more importantly, the 30-team knockabout will provide millions of opportunities for, wait for it, Australians to get on the punt. That's where the future is. Gambling. Rugby league and fun. And isn't that great for, you know, the first try scorer, first sin bin, first hay, so many options. Get your multi-day, you know, bet and have fun. Now, senior Tiger, Lee Hatchimpadellis, Pantelis, unloaded with his pre-kickoff address to the Tiger faithful in Centurion's Lounge last Sunday. Lee took the long handle to social media type spreading ill-informed gossip about the Tigers, and there is tons of it. I mean, you only have to open the paper or turn the radio on or the television on or dial up something on TikTok and they're bagging tigers. Not sure who he was addressing with uh, these comments or, you know, which organisations he was addressing with these comments, but anything that the bludge has contributed to the whole Leichhardt Oval debate has been thoroughly researched and fact-checked extensively, and that's a fact. Remember, in 2023, the tigers will be doing things you've never seen before. Wasn't that a big call? And we've only played three rounds. Anyway, AFL and the season got underway Thursday night. Now, an update on why the murderer hasn't left the building. Aguil is staying on until the Tassie team, that's the Paddy Mellons, is bedded down in their billion-dollar stadium alongside the Hobart Cenotaph. Now, I had a chance to pop down to Hobart this week and have a look at the Cenotaph. It's a hell of a building, hell of a thing. Huge, huge facility. And sadly, the AFL is going to bulldoze the Anzac Remembrance Column and dynamite the World War I honour board to erect the goalposts. But the Tassie Cenotaph, that's got a name that says AFL has certainly got a ring to it. Whether Paddy Mellon's playing Carlton this week, the Tassie Cenotaph. 
I'd like to see them stick with the name. Dragons, remember the 11 on the trot crew, the $2 coin, all that? Well, Skipper Ben Hunt is correct. There's no way his team is going to finish last. Absolutely no way. Nothing's more sure and certain that the Big Red V will finish last or won't finish last. Yeah... They are one of the form teams of the competition. That's how stupid the competition is at the moment. Setting the pace at the top with four points. Four points. Elsewhere, the multicultural round launch was a flopper-roo. Boycotted by the players due to an ongoing pay dispute. How does this work? You've got multicultural round on this side, you know, colourful movement, people on accordions and, you know, nylon string guitars, all that sort of stuff. You know, the great songs, you know, I don't know. Oh, well, I was going to say Kumbaya. That's why, well, it's a sort of a great song, could be multicultural. I was thinking of Guantanamera, Guantanamera. You know, you don't need to know the words, you know them already. <sighs> you know, Hazem El Masri coming out and showing how he can kick a goal, all that sort of thing. Multicultural! You know, some food on the sideline. You might have oranges from orange, which they don't, where they don't grow, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Grapes. You know, Savlaki, you know, Koftas, all that. Uh, food people love to eat. Well, that's all flopperoo because of a pay. I mean, rugby league, what's going on? Get a grip, Valandis. Now, and what about those tars? Uh, I mean, we had big hopes of the tars this year, but the warning signs are flashing and there's plenty of, still plenty of time for them to put it all together and run last. I think they were touched up by the canes last night. Incidentally, is Foxtel inflating the numbers of people watching and enjoying the NRL and AFL? I can handle a bit of syrup on the ratings usually, but there's a suggestion that pay TV is spooning on far too much treacle which can distort the true picture of popularity of the codes and the value of the competition to prospective buyers and investors. World Game and Sam Kerr has banged in a cracker last weekend to put Chelsea back onto the top of the Women's Super League competition in London. And racing. Well, the week began, the week began, this didn't get much coverage, but the week began with the time on at Adelaide Cup, 3,200 metres around Morpheville. No easy task, but Rebel Racer with Froggy Newell up board saluted at odds. Aurora Symphony, I think with, uh, no, I won't say that. Aurora Symphony was blouse for, blouse for second. And the racing week, of course, climaxes today uh, with the running of the Slipper, the 2023 20, Slipper. Our Slipper selections and thoughts occupy the final hour, because we have to wait till Queensland joins us before we can talk racing, uh, final hour of the show today. But early thoughts focus on Cylinder, Platinum Jubilee and King's Gambit. But I am terrified. I'm completely terrified. I, I was awake all night last night trying to get him in, but I can't at the moment. I'm just terrified of Shinzo. When you look at Shinzo, people ask me, what's he like as a horse? Well, you only have to turn your head on the side and squint a little bit, and it's a, a dead set copy of Bludgeon Slug, who won the slipper, of course, as you know, in 1994. The Slug. So many people will be going thinking the Slug today and thinking, hope Shinzo can do something for the Slug. Now, uh, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf, it's uh, for another week, it's time to ask the man with who is the voice of hope to step up. Yeah, that's right, the voice of hope. You know, not many people talk hope. We don't hope that we won't be going to war against China. All we think is we are going to war against China. We're hoping for peace sometime down the track. Anyway, the voice of hope. He's going to step up in these dark and stormy times, which, and, and let's face it, this bloke is fully focused on the cost of living crisis and the cost of, uh, you know, caterers blend in bulk. Now, the voice of hope begins, belongs to the activated one, rampaging Roy Slavin Roy. Happy Rugby League. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion once again by asking, what highlights caught your restless eye this week, buster? Yes, thank you very, very much. H.G. Uh, Nelson, it is a sober week. And happy Rugby League to yes. uh, you and your family and, of course, your friends. 
whether or not they are attached to any particular rugby league team or not, I don't care. They're welcome anyway. It's an inclusive sort of program. We welcome everybody, whether they love rugby league or not. Mm. Respect, that's what we're about. That's all I'm interested in, and happy rugby league to all decent, hard-working Aussies who, like as HG has alluded to, respect our submariners. And what a terrific job opportunities there are for people interested in the submariner caper and who isn't these days. I think the first three built subs that we're going to get, that's going to create, I think they take a crew of 144. That's, by my reckoning, 423 jobs uh, already. I know, it's fantastic, isn't it? 423 jobs. That's not being talked about. No, no. Why are we talking about that? The opportunities under the water. Think about it. They're spaceships of the ocean. They are. Now, Dave Nielsen's Southern Thunder baseball heroes, I'm calling them heroes, get to the semi-final of the World Challenge. Of course, they were beaten by Cuba, 4-3. Uh, and Cuba are no, uh, no slouches in this. They're, not, they're, they're world beaters, uh, yeah. Cuba. And to imagine that we held our own with them, our Southern Thunder held their own, I think is quite remarkable and they should be given a hero's reception once they uh, return to our shores. And their ranking, they should, I think the highest we've ever been ranked Dave, under Dave, Dave Nielsen's watch, which is fair while now, must be about 40 years that yeah, I, I Dave's been right. pushing yeah. the uh, Southern Thunder. Uh, I think 10th, we might have got to 10th at one stage. I think I'm rating us as fourth in the world at the moment. It's incredible. Which it? is incredible. Mm. When you think about it, the number of people, the number of Aussies who play baseball, I mean, you could There's you nine. count them on one hand. There's nine. Nine. That's all. That is astounding. These nine heroes stood up. I, I think we took out uh, South Korea. We took out, uh, I, I mean, we took out and some great teams. Pushed Cuba to the wire. Well, yes, Cuba. Millions of them play. Millions. How many have we got? Nine. Nine heroes. Thank you very much, Dave Nielsen. Dick Fosbury leaves us. I know, very sad news. The Fosbury flop, I mean, it was so counterintuitive as the way I... When I first saw it, I, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at here. It sort of divide, defied science. You, you leap backwards, head first, using the hips as a sort of fulcrum. Correct. It is extraordinary. Correct. It mm. defies physics, doesn't it? Well... Well, almost. <laughs> Almost defies physics, but uh, what, what a brilliant wheeze that was. It changed the whole face of high jumping. I mean, I wasn't interested in high jumping at all. But then when the Fosby Fosby, I mean, everyone was into high jumping there for a little while, weren't they? They were. I mean, you'd see backyards, you'd see, you know, things being set up, kids Parks. flopping over, uh, you know, a lot of um, concussion and what have you, but uh, it was, uh, was worth it. We've produced some great high jumpers over the years. Don't ask me to name them, I couldn't. But I know we've produced some great high jumpers. And Australia's Australian high jumping is world class. Oh, world class. Absolutely world class. And the people who do it are the best Australians. They are, I think. Yeah. They're the sort of people you'd want on a side. Well, that's right. They might be a bit tall for a side, but no, no. Sure, sure, sure. When when a high jumper walks into a room, I stop. I stop too. The, The room falls silent until the ice is broken. How are you jumping? Not bad. Uh, Jordan Thompson takes out uh, Sissipas in Indian Wells, the biggest win of his career. I, I tried to phone him. He was otherwise engaged. 
understandably, but I left a text message on behalf of uh, Bludge listeners uh, congratulating him. It was a wonderful win uh, for Jordan Thompson. We don't speak much of Jordan Thompson on this program, uh, largely because he doesn't win very often, but uh, on this occasion he has, and we're acknowledging it. And we're, we're I mean, what else can we do? Uh, it's the Australian thing to do, to acknowledge a great Aussie when a great Aussie does something great. Yeah. And like, he did. Like Dave Nielsen. Like Dave Nielsen. The absolute ball. bloody hero. Nine players. Nine. Nine Aussies. Super Aussies, I'm calling them. Outstanding. Outstanding young Australians. Now, Tim Zhu, speaking of uh, outstanding oh, yeah. young Australians, Tim Zhu takes out uh, Tom Harrison and joins his father as a world champion. You'd recall Costa, Costa Zhu. The Sydney-based Russian-born powerhouse. Beautifully put. Correct title. World champion. Now, uh, Tim has made it clear that he's his own man, which oh. I like. He doesn't want to be called Costa Jr. He doesn't. Well, you can understand that. Because his name's Tim. <laughs> a lot of people have been calling him Costa. G'day, Costa, how you go? Because he looks like a lot. Of, a lot of, I mean, yeah. you've got to half-close your eyes and you yeah. can see the old man. You can. I mean, chip off the old block. No, no. It's like... Absolute chip. Mm. You know, he should be proud of that. So, uh, anyway, Costa Jr. will be uh, taking on Jerome Charlo with the uh, intention of uniting the belts. I'm not too sure which belts are being united here, but let's say it's the, something like the WBO, WBA and the IBF. And I think uh, the belt he has at the moment, I'm not too sure it is, might be the IBO. Let's say it is the IBO or the IBF or the WBO the WBA. It's one of them. Anyway, they're all going to be united once Charlo meets... Uh, Costa Jr. <laughs> Can't wait. I think it's later in the year, maybe around September, but I could be wrong. Don't hold me to that. Listeners will know. Now, supercar, superstar, supercar, superstar. And we don't often say that, do we? But uh, when we talk about Shane Van Ginsburg, we do. We have to. We have to. You've got to acknowledge the greatness of Shane Van Ginsburg. I mean, I don't like the bloke. Never have. But that's all right. I can respect what he does on the track. He's for stepping He doesn't ask to be liked. And oh, we're not prepared to like him. Why should we? Uh, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get it stuck into the story, as I'm sure, at some stage today because it is a fascinating story. He's penalised for putting dry ice in the wrong door. That's, <laughs> that's all I can say at this stage. Yes, dry but, ice in the wrong door. Uh, anyway, uh, he's refusing to uh, answer any questions about it, uh, even though he's contracted to uh, do press conferences. He does do the press conference but refuses to talk. Uh, his only comment these days is, uh, I do my talking in the car. Fair enough. Or I let my car do the talking. That's the variation. He, he gives Either way. Us, yeah. Well, this has got right up the nose of Mark, Mark Scaife. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's easy to get up his nose. I know. Scaife is. Scaife says that Van Ginsburg should uh, open up and talk. And now uh, Van Ginsburg has decided he's not going to talk to Scaife. So uh, I, I don't know who's going to reach out to Mark, to reach out to Shane, to reach out to the pair of them so they can reach out together. I hope it's not left up to me because You're not I'm not going to do it. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I've made it clear. Yeah. I'm absolutely not. Channel 7, in very exciting news, is considering giving Hamish McLaughlin his own show. That time. <laughs> that Just time. called Hame? Called home. And any idea of what the format will be? Yes. I, I've got a feeling it's going to be sports-based. Haim mm -hmm. uh, will appear. Hello, everyone. I'm Hamish. Welcome to the show. Coming up on the show will be Shane Van Ginsburg. And we'll be back after the break. See you then. 
Hi, Shane. How you doing? I'm here. You know, obviously, if he's somewhere else, a million miles away, in the back of a car. How's it looking there? Take, take us through it. I'll let my car do the talking. Be back in a minute. Great show. It'll work. It'll See, work. See, you know, and in the past, we've tried to encourage Nine to take on all these topics. Oh, yeah. Love at first flush, you yeah, know, all of that. try or die, etc. all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's I great. I the storm. I have the storm. Perfect. Perfect. Now, now it's great that Seven have yes. taken a leaf and robbing Nine of a lot of high-quality programming right. by simply getting the simplest of things, home yes. and a microphone and a camera. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, now, the Wallabies are to be given pay incentives for test wins. What? Pay incentives for test wins. I thought they were paid pretty well already. Well, I think they are. Are you I, sure? I, if I was dealing with the Wallabies, I would say if you win a test, you get paid. Yeah. If you don't win a test, you don't. You get paid. Look, I could understand, and I, I, I say this in all honesty, with mm. Easter around the corner, yeah. that they could get a ute load of, you know, largesse from their sponsor, yes. Cadbury. Who is their sponsor? Ta- Cadbury. Pablo Coffee? No. <laughs> that would be a great get if it, it was. Would. Sadly, it's not. It's Cadbury's. Cadbury's. Right. Cadbury's fruit and nut. That's old right. gold. Yeah. Now, but I can understand that being Easter, but they can't do that all the time. That's a one-off no. because of Easter. Yeah. They can't do that for the... Now, there's the thing, the Queen's birthday holiday. Will the King's birthday holiday be in that same slot in mm, June? May well be, yes. Yeah, okay. I don't know when the King's birthday is. Is it the same birthday as the Queen had? It would have to it be. Is. It's funny that, isn't it, how they're all born on the same born day. On the same day. Don't know how they do it. Uh, talk of Adam Gilly Gilchrist having a secret uh, hidden fortune. We'll get to that later. Hidden fortune. Wouldn't surprise me with Gilly. I mean, when you look at Australian cricketers over the years... If anyone was going to have a hidden fortune, it'd be Gilly. Remember, uh, he let the bat do the talking. He did, and remember, he cheated by having a might have been a squash ball in his glove. He did. He did. I don't know how legal that is, but he walked. Oh yeah, he walked. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, that's what made him a great Australian. Uh, talk of uh, uh, PGA authorities redesigning the golf ball oh. to limit the distance it can be hit. Now, they're concerned that players are hitting the ball too far these days and courses just can't take it. You know, they're, they're, they're much better than the courses that are being provided. And, and to make the courses longer is going to, you know, interrupt suburbs and cause redevelopment, et cetera, et cetera, Freeways et cetera. and swimming pools but, and uh, schools. The big hitters like uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, says it's the most atrocious thing you could do to golf. The most atrocious thing you could do to golf is change the... Shape Golf of the ball. ball, yeah. And you thought a cube. I don't know about the shape. Oh, okay. It's just it's aerodynamic ability, yeah, right. I guess. Now, can I put it to so you? So once the ball is struck, little wings come out and slow it down, something like that. Or a parachute on it. Yeah, a little parachute. Yeah. Now, look, can I point out that hitting a golf ball like that off the tee is all in the hips? So of what, what are they saying? Is that, you know, people are going to have to have surgery to their hips. Sure. Why not change the clubs, make the clubs smaller? So many options. So many options. Wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Para v Manly. God almighty, players are being now penalised for forward passes when they're not forward passes at all. It's got, costing him I mean, Gutho's pass to Regan Cable Gillard, it might have been, and then he scored, would have changed the whole momentum of the game, but oh no, it was called a forward pass. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't fought out of the hands. Anyway, it's a blight on the game that's got to be changed. Can I just put that on pause for a minute and say, 
How are you going with the Centre of Excellence for canine refereeing? Oh, we'll get to that okay, later. Right, we'll good. get to that later. We've got quite a bit of uh, response to that. Uh, to that, uh, yes. And what about those dolphins? Eh? What about those dolphins? The, I mean, the fairy tale. <laughs> the fairy tale. I mean, that's rugby league, isn't it? I mean, it's just dreams, dreams becoming reality. Stormer in great trouble. I don't know what Bellamy's going to have to do. He's going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat, I think. He's going to find some players. He'll find some players who can, uh, well, get away with creating head knocks and other players. That's what he's got to do. And he'll do it. If anyone can do it, he can. Injuries, though. Yeah, the West Tigers, I don't know where to begin with this. I don't know where to go with the West Tigers. I mean, I've tried. Everybody has tried. They appear to have four coaches singing from different hymn sheets. They've got Sheensy. Benji, Farah, and David Ferner, all giving them different instructions. How can that work? Sure, it might look exciting on paper and talking around the dressing room. I mean, this is unreal. What are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just make it up as we go. Ferner reckons this, well, Shinji said that. Well, Benji reckons it can't work. No, it can't. And it's not working. Make of that what you will. The Rugby League Party allows people to dream, allows people to feel safe, guarantees public housing and full employment and the certain promise of a certain future. Next time you vote, vote one. Rugby League. Now, before we come to the path to glory, if you want to get involved with the show, and remember, if you've got a thesis in you, don't use the text number. Get on to RoyandHG at abc.net.au. That's RoyandHG at abc.net.au. And before we go to a break, we might go to the paths to glory because, uh, well, the Eels have lost three matches. I don't can't remember this ever happening before. No. Three matches by four points and yeah. a bottom. Yeah. So they've lost to, obviously, front-running teams. <clears throat> uh, so the Seagulls-Eels match on Thursday night was 34-30. to 30, Very good game. The uh, Finned ones, the Dolphins, they're charging along very nicely, 36-20 to 20 over the Knights. And then last night, and I saw a lovely, a lovely promotion for this match. No state, yes. no mate, just hate. I like I that. I thought that was a beautiful promotion for the rabbits and the roosters. That's lovely, isn't it? And then it was a very close game. Yes. Uh, a very willing game too. Willing game, yeah. Took yeah. it to the wire. We had a melee towards the end, which was fantastic to see. An old-fashioned all-in. And no one was penalised in any way oh, for it? Oh, there, there might be some consequences. A bit of fallout, we'll see. A couple on report, I think. Right. Fair enough. Now, in today's matches, and I'm not sure what the NRL's doing about this, but the Titans play the Storm mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock. I think Andrew Moore's going up there in, uh, and he's going to have um, his feet in an esky and uh, cold ice in his suit, mm-hmm. uh, dry ice in his suit. Good. Because that'll be extremely hot there. And then the later game there is Cowboys and Warriors. And I think both teams are expecting all players to lose about four kilos yes. uh, in the 80 minutes they play. That's a 5.30. And then... Uh, back in Sydney for uh, Andrew Moore with the Broncos and Dragons at 7.35. Be cooling down by then. You'll be in good voice there, having already called two matches. Mm. And then tomorrow, Bulldogs v West Tigers. Well, that'll be one to watch, won't it? Well, it certainly will. I yeah. do, that hasn't been played already, has it? I don't think so. Oh, good. Phew. Thank no, you no, for no, that. No, 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 I just no, no. have in my mind these two yeah. boom teams of, you mm. know, 2023 yep. have played fields, though. They've played already, but mm. they haven't. I don't know what the rugby league rule is regards temperature, HG. Is In the past, it used to be that there was... Once it gets a... over 40 degrees, I don't think you can play, can you? 
well, you'd take several years off your life if you if did. If you did, yeah. But wasn't in the old days, weren't they have an extra break yes. at the 20-minute mark That's and right. the 60-minute mark? That's and right. And they could all stand around in front of the fans and put the feet in the dry That's ice? That's right. That's right. And then get frostbite. Is there talk be... of this happening this weekend? Well, can I point out, <clears throat> I yeah. have, and thank God I don't, yes. I have nothing to do with the organisation. The organisation, I know you don't. I know but you I don't. do know. You do have input, however, yeah. and uh, I know rugby league officials listen to this program. You know, I always thought that it was going to be the insurance industry that would drive uh, change when it comes to addressing climate change, but it, rugby league could be doing. I mean, once once games are cancelled because it's too hot, that's when people are going to st- sit up and think, bloody hell, we're going to have to do something about this. Well, I... Uh- Unfortunately, I think we're already at that point. I think we are. And I think that the difficulty is is the rugby league is so yeah. silly. They think they can go out there and run players around in 40-degree heat. Yeah. You and I have been at the SCG watching cricket when it's been 52 degrees. We did. Uh, and and it was people impossible. end up in hospital. Yes. yes. I mean, you can, this is just madness. Madness. Now, the final match, of course, is a great one, Sharks v Raiders. I think this is in the nation's capital, and so that's obviously a quick sprint down the, uh, yeah. you know, the road there tomorrow night for uh, Andrew to get down there by 6.15. But that mm. could be a bit cooler by then, especially in the well, nation's I hope capital. So, yeah. Yeah, so Gee, that is incredible. Uh, but this is The Bludge. We'll be back with more, more action in a moment. Hey, leagueies, stop losing money on the punt and start owning a piece of the action. The Rooting King team can tip you into the ready-to-race for Landy's Trouser. Five-sevenths of this electrifying three-year-old is owned by top football types, including Bruce McAvaney and Piggy Riddell. Weed and Bruce are now syndicating the back end. Snare a winning pair of equine buttocks through bludging on the blind side. Yes, now that whole terrific story story and chapter that was written in the Book of Fuge last night mm-hmm. has a weird little echo here because the Roosters unveiled their $10 million Centre of Excellence uh, in January at some point, yes. uh, rightfully naming it after the long-standing chairman, Nick Polites. So the Centre of Excellence, Nick Polites Centre of Excellence. Okay. Where's it located, actually? Do we know? Well, I'll probably come to that. Yeah, so right. let me just get okay. it out. Yeah. It, you know, uh, Polites mentioned how James Packer was on, on the board when he joined in 1993, but Good. we won't talk about it too much because he crossed the line, actually, because he's a part owner of Souths, obviously, so right. there's a bit of toing and froing there. Yep. He pointed out the club has a whopping $100 million, uh, in assets on its books, which is far more than the NRL. Wow. So the Roosters could buy the NRL. Yeah. Imagine how Souths would feel about that. Yes. After sending uh, apologies for not attending, Andrew Abdu mysteriously arrived an hour late. Huh. So, you what know, a snub. <laughs> what a snub. Now, the training facility is under the Allianz Stadium's Northern Grandstand. Ah, now, that's the rebuilt stadium. I wondered the where it was. The state government put in a lot of yes. money there. They flattened it. Gee, Remember, they've kept that a lake? secret, haven't they? They have. There must have been a lot of excavation take place to put that in. There would be. Po- yeah. but they built the whole thing first up and then they started excavating, put the center uh, excellent in there. Okay. Uh, feature state-of-the-art uh, facilities expected of premiership winning teams. Good. But the real height is the, highlight is, wait for it, the foundation room. Yeah. A curated museum with a secret reading room behind a large wooden door. <whistles> a secret there, reading room. Oh, I like that. What sort of books are in there, well, actually? The Book of Feuds, obviously, as seen by Easts. Mm. Now, Frank Hyde's call of the Eastern Suburbs 1974 Grand Final win over Canterbury is on a loop. So whenever you Brilliant. go there, Frank Hyde it yeah. blasting away. Good. The players in attendance look uh, like ready for uh, matches. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the, the, they've appointed nutritionist 
uh, well, and legendary fullback, Anthony Minicello, to look after the catering wow. in the room. Okay. So that's a great get for them to have Anthony, somebody who knows what yes. it's like, etc. Yes, yes. And Pilates. Are you suggesting to me that the public are welcome in this facility? I don't think so. No. I mean, Good. I think this, you'd have to be a ticketed yeah. member of the club and probably sure. have, you know, a car registration with your number of the, uh, yeah. you know, the membership on the car. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Some sort of commitment. Okay. And wear, say, underpants in the tricolour. Yeah. But listen, yeah. what worries me about this is that it doesn't feel to me as though if the team... And God forbid that it fall on harder times in terms of training and yes. stuff like that. It's able to access the centre of excellence. Mm. This is just a centre of excellence of staff. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just my reading of it. There's no swimming pool. Remember, we talked about the Tigers have got the Tigers logo on the bottom of the swimming pool. That's right. They they've do. got a weight room. They've got a steam room. Yeah, they've, they've got, got the, the, the mirrored room where you, where you can look at yourself. Um, it's fantastic. Are you saying that the, that the, the hmm, I don't get it. Can I say that? Is there any acknowledgement of the French roots of the club there? Uh, like, are there any French speaking people well, there? Or, or a, a picture of Puy Galbert? Yes. On the Bentwood chair. A message from President oh, Macron. Macron. Or something like that. I don't think I know. Because its roots lie in France, HG. They're yeah, matricular. I know. I know. I understand all of that. Yeah. And I've got no... Well, I don't know if the public are aware of that. I mean, the public, they see East run around. They're not thinking of Paris and France. Well, and they should. They should. And you and I have an opportunity to make that more apparent than it yeah. has been. Well, I hope the Centre of Excellence does. I hope people leave the Centre of Excellence thinking, oh, uh, you know, wee wee, uh, that oh, sort yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and see the money. Screaming for a bloody croissant. <laughs> Café au lait. The Sin Bin is Rugby League news for Rugby League people presented by ticketed Rugby League players. Get injury updates, suspensions, all the scandals, the latest selection dramas, fights at training and a daily dose of fake news from the Sin Bin team headed up by the Spud and the Stains. Available daily on the Blindside platform. Ah, uh, yes, now... This disturbs me, this story. Mm. Uh, look, you know, we do try and encourage, you know, Gillan McLaughlin to do the right thing about the AFL. Yes. This week he decided that any league staff, this is AFL league staff, are going to be banned from being in competitions, tipping competitions, uh, you know, player of the year competitions, umpire of the year, fan, well, that'd be an easy competition to get no one, oh, uh, fantasy team, coach of no. the year, any of that. Now. These are such great bonding things exactly. for people in offices. Officers, and yeah. you've got to chart how Team A's going yes. or the, the red-headed yeah. wombats or whatever they call themselves. You know, sure. oh, we're on top this week. We've got that, you know, Collingwood over. We're the only ones to get Collingwood yeah. over Geelong. We, we, we picked the draw. Yeah, picked the draw. Picked the draw. Now, AFL boss Gillan McLaughlin says the league doesn't believe in prohibition. Oh, well, that's good, except when it comes to staff. It mm. comes to... To gambling, despite the new edict banning staff from entering tipping competitions or placing social bets on games, oh. the league chiefs said they were better off being too harsh than opening themselves up to scrutiny that came when an umpire was investigated by police for his involvement in Brownlow bet medal betting last year. So he's yeah. got one person breaking the rules, so everybody suffers. That's right. the thing. 
I come to the... Before I go on... But was there any suggestion that this uh, 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 umpire referee was, was acting untoward to assist his colleagues win a betting competition back in the office? There's none. There's none? There's none, except in the mind of McLaughlin. Yeah, right. Now, can I point out that what he seems to be saying is people who work for the AFL yeah. are by obvious definition corrupt. Right. That they get into these positions so they can take advantage of the tipping competitions yes. in various offices. They can feed information yes. to people in BHP or yeah, whatever it's going to be, sure. improve their tipping competition. Yes. They can take advantage of spot bets like once he finds out that in, uh, say, the Carlton, uh, Colin, uh, Carlton Richmond game the other night that Lewis Young was made, got three votes, yeah. then they can spot bet on that. Right. But they're corrupt. Right. They're people who are only interested in not earning a decent wage from the AFL. Well, that's the implication, isn't it? It is. It is. It's got to be. That's, the that's all you can. That, that's the only thing you can You're draw ready. from exactly. this. Exactly. Exactly. McLaughlin can't trust his own staff. Newlyweds, buy your house and land package from the experts who know rugby league fans. If you have special needs, see Little and Peachy on the growl in Tigertown or the wily veterans Vaughan and Hetherington at the kennel. Let those who know do the heavy lifting, blindsiders. Okay, back to the McLaughlin story. The league chief said they were better off being too harsh. I may have mentioned this in the Before Boy and Bear. Yeah. Now, and the betting in the Brownlow medal fired it up. But that's his only example of something like this going berserk. It's not as though he's discovered a whole, you know, wide ending of the whole system of honesty. And, you know, yeah. do you know what? What worries me most about this is these people can't be trusted who work for the AFL. If push came to shove with China... Yeah. We would be in trouble employing somebody who had on their CV mm. and might be perfectly good at the tasks of communications and all those sort of things, sure. you know, TikTok or whatever it was. But you can't trust them. You can't trust them because they've been in the AFL. Oh, no, yeah. Now, mm. our position, then he has to qualify it, my position is that we think we should be constantly reviewing our exposure and how we interface with different brands and wagering is no different. Yeah, good. I love that sort of talk. Good, good. <laughs> Interfacing, Good. I was going to ask, can you understand what he means? Yeah. Anyway, but we don't believe in prohibition. So it's about what the balance, right balance is. Well, the right balance is prohibition by the looks. You can't do it. Yeah. But do you reckon this... They'll do it anyway. I, that, I was just going to say this. This is madness. Yeah, they'll do it amongst themselves. You know, they'll organise their own secret communication. They'll keep... Hand signals. Yeah. And, and it'll all be code. Yes. You know, like... Um, yeah. Have you put your money in this week? Yeah. That sort of stuff. Home teams. Yeah. Now, we're participating in a government inquiry on that. This is to do with uh, and, and talking to our wagering providers. Wagering providers? Yeah, I like that. Too. Whether it's too heavy-handed or not, the integrity of our game is critical yes. and we're just continuing to make decisions in that lens. Right. Now, I come to the surface Could again. I suggest that anyone involved in the AFL should not be allowed to communicate, talk or otherwise with anyone, including their own families, for the whole season? Correct. I think that's not even... That's the only way you can quarantine this. I know. And they shouldn't go home. They should go to AFL House and stay there for stay the Stay there for the, what, the eight, season. seven months, whatever yeah. it is. And don't It's have no to... big ask. <laughs> this is about integrity. It is. Of the world's greatest competition. People yeah. are talking about the 80-plus thousand who turned up two nights in a row as being the biggest sporting fixture in the world ever. Yes. See, we can't... And we've got a crap surface and, I, I mean, I don't want to get me started in the sand but bit that is yes. MCG. Anyway, be those, mate. There's going to be a lot of injuries there and injuries will win and lose the competition this year, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm much more interested in stamping out one person mm -hmm. 
Because one person ruins it for everybody. How often do we learn that at school? That's right. One person ruins it for everybody and yeah. everybody in the organisation is considered, yes. as we've said already, corrupt because of the activity. Yes, yes. Any organisation is, uh, it's, its weakest link is its strength, isn't it? Correct. You've got to identify the weakest link. We know the weakest link. And he's not retiring yet. Now... The integrity guys are making, this is after the lens thing. Yeah. Not sure what that means, but there you go. Mm. The integrity guys are making those decisions, and in the end, you're better off being too harsh and, and get, than getting yourself into trouble for people who actually have access to information above the ordinary person. In the area of tipping, betting, and wagering, God almighty, there's been a reset and a wide across the board discussion with our staff about even the perception of tipping. Yes. Now, yeah, well, there you are. Uh, even can the I perception. point out that's mm -hmm. rubbish? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you b believe one minute? that all the goal umpires and, uh, you know, the people who do the ground staff and yep. the people who make the tea and so on all came to a meeting and Gil got up there and said, no more tipping, you know, yeah. no more competitions, yeah. no more player of the year. No. Uh, I don't believe that for one minute. Yeah. Now, speaking of uh, <clears throat> the boss, I did come, I may not be able to put my hand on this quickly enough, but there's a yeah. very sad story. Mm -hmm. And I find this hard to imagine that a person in charge of a serious football competition would admit this, but Gil McLaughlin was knocked out for 40 minutes in his playing days. Was he really? 40 minutes? 40 minutes. What, they couldn't bring him around with but, smelling salts or anything? Did they have smelling salts? They couldn't. No, they Did couldn't. they shake him? Look. Did they throw a bucket of cold water on his head? Or dry ice? All these things work. I don't know if you've come across a bloke who's been knocked out, but often if you, you know, just slap him about the face on with a cold water bucket thereof. Pick it up, pick him up, yes, pour her up. pick him up, shake them. Yeah. <laughs> Drop them. Yeah. And then get them walking. They come too. They come too. Okay, quickly. here it is. AFL Chief Executive, and Johnny Ralph got this, Chief Executive Gillan McLaughlin has revealed he once suffered multiple seizures. I mean, this explains. Multiple seizures? That's not good. This what, like epilepsy? He got I, epilepsy. I, this explains a lot. In the whole McLaughlin story, the murderer hiding in plain sight, yeah. the bloodstained putty knife and he all that. He doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. Exactly. He can't be blamed for any of these crimes. Yeah. He's going to get off scot-free. We always knew he would, but now we know why. Yes. So he's uh, suffered multiple seizures, was knocked out for 40 minutes playing amateur football, but he says he has no regrets about accepting the risk of playing the game. Now, this is... This is a key thing. No in this. regrets. See, this is what what worries me about this is they've got two class actions. The AFL. There's a couple of yes. class actions in the NRL. Two class actions in the AFL. And his defence will be that they all knew the risks. Yes. I did it. I got knocked out, and I knew the risks, and it didn't have any effect on my life except I became a murderer. Yeah. Now. Well, in all fairness, back in those days, HG people didn't realise the relationship between being knocked out and maybe getting Alzheimer's later in life. They didn't. No, I know, I know. This no, is, but they didn't know. No, they just didn't know. They, I agree. I agree with this. But what I worry about is the cavalier nature of accepting risk. Yeah. I mean, the, even now. But, but, but don't we admire that in our sports people? I mean, Dick Fosbury, you know, he had to throw himself backwards <laughs> over that bar knowing there was a risk he might land on his head. As it turns out, he did land on his head. But that was the risk he took, and Dick knew. Yeah. But, you know, it had someone uh, said, look, oh, Dick, you're uh, not allowed to do it. Oh, mate, mate, can, mate, can, mate, think about it. Just quieten down for a minute, Roy. <laughs> and I don't often say that. But listen, the problem is times have changed. Yes. Times have changed. I know. And we know more now. We do. And we know that 
every knock to the head. Yeah. Can I set this in the context of this discussion? It appears that people in the administration of sport yeah. are looking for a magic bullet in terms of concussion as though it's a virus. Yes. It's not a virus. No. It's a mechanical incident that happened to you and your brain banged yeah. up against the hard surface of your skull. I know. And that's not good. No, it's not good. It's, it's not good. But it'll get to a point where players will have to sign some sort of waiver. I know, they will. I accept, the I accept the risks involved with playing the AFL or rugby league or indeed you know, boxing. Squash. Boxing. Oh, well, boxing, obviously, yeah. But there's hundreds of them. Yeah. You know, so as the AFL absorbs the fallout of four concussion lawsuits, sorry, I only said there was two. I didn't realise there were four. Four now. <laughs> it's actually, as the AFL absorbs the fallout of six con- concussion lawsuits, mm. the recent Rex McLaughlin said an element of playing the game was accepting personal risk. That's rubbish. Yeah. Who's going to do that in this day and age? Well, well, see, the departing boss says he was comfortable with the AFL's legal position given the suite of rule changes over two decades to protect his head. Can I point out also that Jordan Lewis, who's an excellent commentator in this area, thinks that the minimum mm. you should be off is 26 days. 26 days. Not 11. The NRL's got a fair way to go to catch up with 26 days. Mm. The AFL is likely to spend as much as $10 million annually for hardship fund and improved insurance scheme, which could cover players for up to two mil. Now, if only that was available for when Gill was playing. Yeah. Yes. McLaughlin said his own experience yeah. um, was that there was a level of personal risk in contact sports, sometimes the likelihood of injury. He said he had been concussed or knocked out several times, but the one thing I do know is every doctor, every football club takes their responsibility seriously from playing amateurs. I felt I was looked after by the medical staff. Oh, Lord. Right. Okay. Looked after, i.e. smelling salts, bucket of cold water, slap about the face. Get him up, walk uh, him around. Pants up. Come on up. Yeah, get, get out. Go on. Get out there and stop that bloke kicking goals. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, I should just point out, HG, our talkback topic. I should point out to people as well, if you want to get involved with the talkback topic, you can phone all you like, but there'll be no one here to answer your call. Uh, now, our poll from last week, HG, which was, uh, uh, are you, uh, 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 fans more sanguine having a pig shooter in their team, you'll recall was the subject, uh, 3% were, 97% weren't. Probably that 3% were Manly fans, I would have thought. Yeah, or people who know the... That surprised me, yeah. though. I expected an overwhelming response to that, and there was overwhelming response, but, yeah, but in the negative... Now, this week's subject is, uh, are you supportive of Lord Ted's inspired idea of a trained dog running the line, picking up HIA and forward passes? That's an excellent talkback topic. It is. And news on that front, I know Mm. the news is pressing, is how about a canine centre of excellence to train dogs to do this? Yes. I mean, I'm I'm not sure maybe Pal could get involved if that's a dog food. Well, I think we should reach out to the Guide Dogs Association for a start. And see if they've got any And see if they've got any... You know, uh, prospects. Pros- well, yeah, people who look as though they know dogs who look as though they know a forward pass. Exactly. They, they'll know what sort of whether it's a kelpie or bulldog. What what boxer type? The International Panel on Climate Change has released startling evidence that suggests rugby league is the best sport for the environment. The panel believes all nations should establish a rugby league competition. 
This simple fact is known by all Australians listening to Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, welcome back to the Bludge. Now, if you've missed the first hour and people in Queensland might have, uh, then remember, of course, the podcast is available not long after we pull up stumps. And if you want to get involved with the show, and many people do, the text number is 0467 920 And, uh, you know, the other way, of course, is the old-style way. It's RoyNHG at ABC. Dot net dot au. Now, plenty of people have, and the following people uh, have responded in this way, Roy. Yes, I have. Max is suggesting on the text HG that the Rugby League police could stamp out the staff tipping fiasco in the AFL. Now, are you suggesting the Integrity Union, which used to oh, be... the Integrity Unit. What became what, of that? Well, wasn't it one person in a Ford Falcon? It was. This is going back a bit. I don't think they make bit, Ford yeah. Falcons anymore. It might have been upgraded to a, I don't know... Like a Saab. A Subaru like or something. Subaru. Don't know, but there's someone out there. The integrity unit is always on phone? the move. Yeah, yeah. with a phone. Of course, they've got a phone. Now, be no effort to slip down to Melbourne. But we and know. Sniff about. Sniff about. Yeah. And what were you looking at? Is a, a, a explosive case yeah. that would give publicity to this whole thing, which you feel as though is mm. unchecked, yeah. uncontrolled, and like those people who scammed the tax officer. You're very uh, oh yeah, by. that was fantastic, wasn't it? One hundred and fifty million. One hundred and five million. One hundred and five million. Wow. Is that the sort of numbers you think involved in tipping? Yeah. But, and betting? Uh, not sure. I'd, I'd well. It's probably, a guess. probably all up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, actually, this has come from Janet Happen. Uh, Janet oh, Hatton. Yes, uh, uh, Taylor Ben. Taylor Ben. Yes, she says I read some very sad news today that Chairman Mao, the great helmsman Richard Mortlock, passed away on March the fourteenth, and uh, she says she was very shocked and saddened, as indeed we all were. Yes, yes. Uh, Richard was a wonderful friend, a wonderful producer, and uh, his untimely death shocked shocked us all, and we wish the family. Uh, all, all the sympathy we can muster. And so. can I say, he's the only person I've ever met who could wear a tartan suit. Yes, by, for and, sure. And, and get away with it. Get away with it. And he mm. loved his fishing in Tasmania. He did. Mm. And he's he, fly fishing. He's fly fishing. And, yeah. of course, he smoked. He smoked. As, smoked every the now fish and again. And, and cooked every Sunday a meal. He did. And loved his art. Oh, his art, yeah. Mad about art. Mad about art. Mm. Rugby league, not so sure about Not that. so sure about that. Uh, now, this has uh, <clears throat> come from Stephen. He says, uh, the off-season gives one time to ponder as critical questions on the state of the game. My thoughts today lie with state of origin, building on last year's discussion on the identity and branding of the blues. Some may argue that it's too early to think of state of origin, but I counter to say it's never too early to discuss state of origin. No, that's fair enough. Well, that's fair enough too. I mean, yeah, I mean I'm talking about hardly anything else. No, I know. I mean, All week it's been state of origin. Submarines, of course, and state of origin. Uh, now, he's concerned that uh, Westpac being the new sponsor of the New South Wales Blues, it's not going to work. I didn't know Westpac were now with the Blues. What's happened to beer What's sponsor? happened to beer? Well, that's what he's yeah. saying. He's suggesting it's got to be Rashers. Rashers is the only New South Wales beer. And didn't you argue I last year? I mean, Queensland are smug there with their bloody 4X. <laughs> but didn't 4X, you... full strength. <laughs> Beautiful drinking beer. Yeah. I'd be happy with Leachman Lager if push came to shove and we couldn't find it. But it's not else. made in New South Wales. Yeah. 
I don't know where Leishman has his brew. I don't know. Mm. I just picked that yeah, as a I beer. know you did. I know you did. But but Resha, I mean, why don't they reach out to Resha's? And you prosecuted Resha's dinner ale. Dinner You're ale, yeah. But I, yeah, they brought it back, the DA. Yeah. Dirty Annie, I think it was called, back in the day. Beautiful yeah. drinking beer. Yeah. A, a Wednesday night brew. Yes. Wednesday, yeah, Thursday, they, Friday they, night. They, I mean, that's how you'd advertise it, wouldn't you? It's an origin beer. An origin beer. Wednesday night. That's it. Anyway... We, all, all we can do, Stephen, is plead the case, which we've done. Uh, John's been in touch. Actually, John is, uh, he says, Buenos dias and happy rugby league to you both. As a recent retiree enjoying a new life in Spain. Wow. He's gone to Spain. Is he sure about that? Oh, I don't know. May I launch a proposal via your show to help expand the game we love to a global audience? I'd like to propose my adopted city of Valencia as the Cape Canaveral from where the Man of Feathers can launch his invasion of continental Europe. He suggested, full disclosure, one of my motivations is the fact that I miss watching my beloved bunnies strut their stuff each weekend. Well, you wouldn't have enjoyed it too much last night. Uh, He says, the city of Valencia in particular desperately needs a new football team with whom they can fall in love. There are two top-flight soccer teams in the city, Levant and Valencia. Last year, Levant, the Mighty Frogs, were relegated to the second division and the now Valencia FC, the Bats, are about to follow suit. The people of this city just want something to cheer about in these dark times. If that means switching codes, I'm pretty sure they'll get on board with that rather than wallowing in the mediocrity of second-tier football. He's suggesting a team in Valencia. Instead of... Or round zero. Well, well, to make up the 20-team competition, yeah. I guess. Valencia bats. Yeah. Got a ring to it, hasn't it? Well, John, you're going to have to do a bit of hard work. You're going to have to... Get the local council on board. Get the local board, council on board. Turn a bull ring into a... Get sponsorship. Get a, get a beer sponsor or something like that. <laughs> get a leagues club. Get poker machines involved. I mean... Bit to do. Bit to do. But if anyone can do it, John, he's got time on his hands. He's retired. Yeah. Can I point out that the last bit of great Spanish news was that T20 competition where Spain played Isle of Man. That's right. Now, it was over pretty quickly, wasn't it? It was. Isle of Man scored uh, 10. 10, that's right. And then the. Spanish Spain side went in and, and just blew it apart. That's right. They only had to face three balls That's and they it. got their own stuff. And one was a no ball, wasn't yeah, correct. it? Correct. Correct. Perfect. Well, it was two scoring no shots. No one was no disappointed ball. leaving no, that day. They weren't. They weren't. Uh, this comes from John. He says regarding last week's question of whether the Dolphins should establish a centre of excellence, despite the stirring victories to open their debut season. Uh, would that be the case of too much too soon? As a tale of caution, they need to look no further than the West Tigers Centre of Excellence and last year's resulting wooden spoon, a position on the ladder they have managed to further embellish this year by moving from 16th down to 17th. <laughs> I propose the Tigers rename their building the Centre of Adequacy with a five-year plan to develop a centre of competence. This would then be the perfect platform to build a centre of relevance as the foundation for a future success. Dolphins, take note. Isn't that a great letter? Isn't that, or email, should I say? That that's is an a, excellent a, thought, isn't a, it? Yeah, they, I, mean, I mean, you can't jump the, I mean, why put in a centre of excellence until you've got some, some excellence to demonstrate? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now, this has come from Callum. Mm. Callum from Mackay in Queensland. Mm. Happy Rugby League. Uh, and to all league lovers, I'm writing... Uh, after I just wist- w- witnessed my beloved Parramatta Eels fall to their third 
straight defeat this season. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling a range of emotions. I'm confused, I'm upset, I'm disappointed, and I'm irate. I've finally faithfully supported Parramatta for the past 27 years. Who hasn't? Well, you can relate to this, I can. I can certainly relate to this. 27 years of attending multiple games, purchasing merchandise and paying my membership fees. Oh, good on him. 27 years. Every year I hear the same rhetoric from Parramatta's marketing department before the season kicks off. This is our year, they say. Premierships inbound. They say. Inbound, like that. I fall for these marketing tactics and I often find myself purchasing yet another bloody jersey. (laughs) I might as well urinate on my hard-earned cash and set it on fire. Oh, that'd be a bit hard to do if it's wet. (laughs) But anyway, petrol might help. But I think I've just about had enough. To this end, I'm seeking a wise counsel to advise on prospects of a potential class action lawsuit against Parramatta brought by its members for gross, misleading and deceptive conduct pursuant to Section 18 of the ACLE Australian Consumer Law. Finally, if you believe that I have a prima facie case, would be so kind as to refer to me and my fellow Parramatta members to a couple of senior counsel, King's Councils, I think they're now called, Perhaps one of those ambulance chaser law firms in specialising class actions. I thank you in anticipation of your of your assistance. Well, that's a heartfelt letter, and that uh, is, isn't let's it? face it, uh, you know. Well, I know a lot of Parramatta fans would be keen to get on board that class they action. Would. They would. How do you get Tom compensated though for disappointment? Mm-hmm. Didn't we commentate? Didn't we suggest last year that if your team? is favourites and lose, you should be allowed to have a few days off. I think that's right. I think that's right. Rugby league. Rugby league leave. leave. Disappointment league. Can I just raise a separate thing here? Mm. Is I think we have to ban all commentary before the kickoff of the season. Right. So People endlessly drivel on about how it's going to be Parramatta's year or, you know... West Tigers year, West this year. Tig- yeah, Obviously West Tigers or yeah. Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs year yeah. or something like that and why it's going to be great and Sorraldo, what a great thing, Gus Gould, yeah. better than ever. Yeah. That is just all so much rubbish yeah. as soon as the ball's kicked. And I, but they do employ PR people to oh, do these jobs. Yeah. But the It's mi- jobs, H. I know, it's jobs. Jobs. And, Your you know, job is to sell Parramatta this year. Yeah. To a right audience okay. who don't want to know anymore because the last time you tried to sell it, they all got the duck. They all got sick. Yeah, yes. They all got sick. Now, mm. next, and wanted rugby league leave in compensation. Now, the thing yeah. here is, is that I'm just wondering. Well, if, I think does the Paratet government have a plan? Does, 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 does the Labor opposition they got a plan to deal with rugby league disappointment? Not yet, but they might. Why don't we say that people who would normally support things can get jobs on the subs? You know, oh, like some, you know, get what, building the subs or actually on the subs? Well, either way. Because you might be a rugby league fan who, you know, likes the water but don't fancy living under it. <laughs> but you want to contribute to the sub in some way. You yeah. might be able to be, you know, go to Adelaide and join the queue, you know. Yeah, painting them. Painting them or yeah, that'd be whatever it. we're going like to We're going to build them there, aren't we? We're going to build no, them. The English no design, nobody's seen it yet, nor the English. I don't think the English have seen it. I think that's right. But nonetheless, someone, nonetheless will happen. someone will come up with a and, and people will have to get Torbmans and go yes. and Dorbit and all sure. that sort of stuff. Sure, you know, in club colours. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there'd be a lot of kids out there designing their own subs at the moment, wouldn't they? There would, there would. I mean, I, mean, I can see the shape, the growth industry. Yeah, but you know, are they going to be hot bunking in there? 
you know, meaning What's that hot bunking? Hot bunking. Oh, is, yes. You, you, know, you share the, uh, the bunk. Because, you don't have your own bed. You share it with someone else. Yeah, because you work an eight-hour shift yeah. and then you go and have a snooze for a while. Yeah. And then the, that person who was no, sleeping I think in No, I think Aussies want their own beds, don't they? Do they? Aussie submariners. Yeah, that means 144 beds. 144 beds. Yeah, sure. Sure. You sure about that? Well, right? these things are pretty big, these subs. They're about 130 metres long. You can get a lot of beds in that. <laughs> and will you have... You know, good food? Yeah, oh, excellent food. Of course. Top you know, chefs. Uh, You'd have Manu. Manu. <laughs> Every now and again. The sub the, chef. The word had come through from Skip. Is there a... <laughs> Attention, Manu is on board. Manu. And would there be, is there a show in that? What, Manu in the sub? Of course. Of course. Now... Simon from Adelaide. I watched the first game of the year between the Eels and the Storm. The Storm player was looking injured, and when they went to the sideline, the commentator, she stated that they were concerned about his clavicle. Clavicle? Clavicle. Gus sounded bemused and asked, what is the clavicle? Fair, Fair question. Fast forward to this week, and Gus had put forward that there is a concussion conspiracy. Suddenly he's gone from not knowing what a clavicle is to become a neurological expert. Oh, no, that's true. true. He even convinced the HIA conspiracy to that, compared, sorry, the HIA conspiracy to that of global warming. <laughs> I wish I'd seen this. Citing Craig Kelly texts as evidence. Craig Kelly? Craig Kelly, the former... Uh, Fat Albert Young? Yeah, well, no, no, Craig Kelly, former Liberal member, I think, oh, who might Craig have Kelly, gone sorry. independent yes, sorry, and yes, lost yes. his seat. Yes, yeah. Might have joined Tony Abbott up the back of the mm-hmm. bus, so to speak, in Parliament. Uh, it doesn't get any more convincing than that, does it? Was Gus just playing dumb in the first week? I don't know what a clavicle is. Or is he a neurological expert? Or is he a victim himself of too many hits to the head? Don't know. No, that's very hard. Don't very know. hard. Um, Don't know, but I mean, Gus can see a problem that rugby league, rugby league players often get hit in the head, and I don't know what we can do about it. Look, this this concussion thing is hovering over this whole it's, season. It is. It is. And can I say this very little, mm. very little accurate? I know you've been working with mice. I have. And concussing. Hit them on the head. I know. I know. I have. And then putting putting them in a maze yeah. and working out how long they take to find the juice. I know, I know. Well, and, and, and what what I mean, what is disturbing about these experiments I'm doing, HG, is often you hit the mouse and hit it pretty hard too. I might add, it's obviously dazed. Put it in the maze, and often it finds the cheese much faster after it's been hit in the head. <laughs> Rugby league players can do anything. Pick fruit, plug potholes, change bedsheets. If you need job-ready Aussies who won't quit, get in touch with Smearson Employment through bludging on the blind side. Someone suggesting on the text HG wondering whether a wooden spoon membership be tax deductible. If your team comes last, you... What an excellent idea that is. It is a good idea, isn't it? At least you get something back. Not much, but a bit. The whole membership, I'm not sure, a membership might be up to around 150. A lot of people will know. Yeah. Long time since I joined a football club. Yeah. Uh, so $150, say. Well, that's that's something, isn't that it? That is I mean, something. You're talking about a cost of living crisis we're <clears> going through, and $150 may well buy yeah. several weeks' supplies. 
Now, John in Jindabyne is saying, uh, is the murderer an idiot or a con man? One billion for a stadium. For that much, it should have a retractable playing surface so the cenotaph can rise up out of the ground oh, during the last post. Imagine that. A lovely idea. Lovely idea. Lovely idea. Um, Are the sub-branches going to vote on that? I suppose they could. Well, I was shocked about how dominant this thing was. I mean, it didn't look as though it was used a lot. but it, it's Well, a, it's, it's one day of the year, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. It's a substantial structure. Yes. Well, it should be. Yeah. Um, coming back to the problem is, look... One thing that worries me about this is that um, Monday uh, the NRL will implement a mandatory 11-day stand-down period for any player diagnosed with a brain injury. Now, right. now, 11 days. So following the lead of World Rugby and the AFL in the battle against the concussion crisis. Now, that's a really weird idea. They're mm. going to diagnose with a brain injury. Oh, yes. How easy is that to do? I don't know. So I let that I leave that there because yeah. well, you'd have to have some sort of scan, wouldn't you? You would. So the rule is set so, to be so able to... each player would have their head scanned prior to the game, and you have your head scanned after, after the, the game. game, and you compare the scans, and then you call out those. Hey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, come here, Freddie. Mm. Eleven yeah. days for you, fella. Yeah, I know. I know. Forget about those polyps downstairs. Yeah. It's your brain that's worried about. That's it. You know. Yeah. Well. Well. You could check the polyps at the same time, I suppose. Now, the rule is set to be implemented from round three, which obviously is to this week's end round. Yeah. Now, as I've said elsewhere, is a lot of people think 11 days is way too short. Yeah, well, some people well, think it should be 111 days. Exactly, because anything is a damage. So yeah. anybody who's hit in the head has got brain damage. That's a view. That's not, a view, yeah. yes. Now, here we go. This is the bit that worries me. Is This is up to Caelan Ponga ended up in trouble last week, fourth concussion in 10 months. Chief Executive Andrew Abdo said the code would prioritise data on training loads and tackle techniques as it accelerates its head injury protocols. Now, over the last three or four seasons, you and I have revealed that, in fact, so bad is the tackling that there has to be summer schools in teaching rugby league players how to tackle. Yep. I have no reportage of how any of those have gone no. and whether the standards improved. Anyway, no. as part of the project, the NRL has pledged to use blood and saliva testing to diagnose concussion. Is that oh, right? Can you do that? Well, that's what I mean. They're looking for a virus yeah. as the cause of concussion. It's yeah. not that. It's a mechanical problem. Sure. Now, in accredited, uh, if accredited by medical authorities, there's no suggestion that that will be the case. Mm. So, I mean, you, amateur hour, really, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. Now, the ARL Commission has made it clear they want us to be part of the research and development, so there's an opportunity for us to be part of initially investing in it and take part in pilot studies, according to Abdo. If there's a breakthrough, we want to be able to work it, work with it and use it. The issue of how players tackle opponents has been discussed at board level. Oh, Lord. That'd be a fascinating discussion, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah. Having the board discuss tackling techniques. So it's all to do where you put the head. Oh, is that right? Yes, if you put the head into somebody's hip, you're going to get concussed. Yeah, and if Oh, yes. Can yeah. we keep the head away from the hip? Well, we'd have to tackle high. But doesn't that expose the head? Well, yes, I suppose it does. So we want players to tackle high, which uh, runs the risk of players getting hit in the head, but at least they're not attacking the hip with their head. That's the Wade Graham defence. Yeah. He said I tackled high because I knew well, if I went yeah. low I'd get concussed. Yeah. Have to come off. That's right. So he was happy to concuss the other bloke rather than get concussed. Well, that's the way it is, isn't it? Unfortunately, you're right. Fortunately, you're right. Now, 
uh, board level, spate of early concussions, accidental collisions and foul play. The NRL is monitoring the pre- prevalence of players standing up more upright in the tackle to catch hold of the ball carrier, allowing the defensive line more time to reset. Yeah. Now, is that a Bellamy technique? That is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Asked about well, the Bellamy will be thinking about it. I mean, oh, Bell- no, of course Bellamy. he'll be thinking about it. I know what Bellamy's going to do. I can do that now. He's going to get a bloke up from reserve grade who he couldn't give a bugger about and just give him a mission. <laughs> Take out clearly. Cherry Evans, he's going. Okay, <laughs> that's your mission. <laughs> Keep him in there. Don't care what you do, <laughs> try but he's going off. Try and get him in the first 12 minutes. Yes. Now, asked about the NRL mandatory change to tackling techniques or provide greater reward for leg tackles, Abdo said, we've been discussing this and the Commission is very focused on the data and what it's telling us. Oh, what is the data telling us? Oh, of course, it's telling them nothing. Phew, it's exhausting. So what's going to come out of this? Doesn't every club have a tackling coach? They do. They all do. They have several tackling Several coaches. tackling coaches. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so it's a, it's a uh, well maybe they need to protect the head coach. You know, what I mean? your job is to protect their heads. Isn't isn't the difficulty is the, the it's a bit like the AFL that the, the whole sport is based on slowing up the attack. Yes, you're going to have to get rid of that somehow. Now six again won't cut it because that's not really slowing up the attack at all. Sorry, I've said that the wrong way yeah, round. Yeah, uh, but the whole ambition of the sport has to change from. The only tactic we've got is slowing up the attack. Yeah. Well, what we're heading towards is a sort of a game of tag. Well. Isn't it? Maybe, you know how tag works? You you carry around a thing thing in your pocket. Yeah. And they rip it. They they rip that thing. Catch it and then the ball changes or you have to play the ball. It's a different sort of game. It's not as uh, explosive. As a game of rugby league is, as we understand it. Yeah. But, but they're um, all at sea. Yeah. The idea they're looking in saliva and medical, uh, sorry, and blood. Well, well, no, that's absurd. Common question. Is it true that Crusher Cleal holds the record for the most toilet doors smashed at Brookvale Oval? No. Crusher Cleal 2, Les Boyd 7, Playboy Freddie Jones 9, Hogo Morgan 11, Des Hasler 41. 37 as coach. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes. <clears throat> uh, before you get there, Asia, Mindy yeah. has joined us from Cardiff in New South Wales. That's near Newcastle. In Newcastle, yeah. Uh, she says, well, I visited the famed Leichhardt Oval last week to support the Newcastle Knights in the game with the Tigers. I, and I, I assume many others, were disappointed to find that the only toilets on offer were demountable structures, as the primary feature of Leichhardt Oval is the opportunity to use the historic toilets. Could the West Tigers Club offer a public apology to all visitors hoping for a turn at this piece of rugby league history? I didn't realise that, that was going on. I didn't realise that was going on. And if I'd known that, I, I think I would have put out a ground announcement and yes. caught it up something like, due to plumbing yes, problems, problems, the, the historic, historic toilets are closed <laughs> temporarily. Yeah, good on you. And we hope to have People them. who want to see them can come back tomorrow and they'll or, be fixed. Or at round, say, nine. Round nine. When we play the Canterbury. I know they're playing the Canterbury yes. Sound Bulldogs tomorrow, but let's yeah. say the uh, Gold Coast Titans. Sure. Yeah. So I think they do need to keep the public informed, and that would have been a great a great uh, social media message. Yes. Could have gone on TikTok or something like that. Somebody That's out right. front of the toilets. Sadly, yeah. you know, maybe some. And how disappointing for the people who come from West Carter. Tigers fans. I mm. know the thousands that turned up. I mean, Leichhardt Oval again was brimming with people, excited, yeah. willing the team on. 
But no. No. So they had the double disappointment. They lost the game and they couldn't use the toilets. Great, great afternoon. (laughs) The Thomas Keneally Rugby League Poetry Prize has been won again by Queenslander Eric Hayden with his work Packing Down with Dish and Box. The Keneally is open to all Australians. All entries must be in rhyming couplets of between four and eight line stanzas and be of no more than 50 stanzas in duration. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy, obviously a big day at Rose Hill today with the Golden Slipper being the feature race on the card. And what's lovely is that, um, you know, well, this is just shows you where racing's going, is that the newly appointed Australian Turf Club culinary ambassador, Adam Hall, mm-hmm. we're making sure that the, they leave with uh, fond memories of their lunch too. Oh. This is amazing that... Uh, I think we were talking about the cost of all this, though, connected with, say, Allianz Stadium mm-hmm. uh, and what you could get. You could get Naruma oysters and all that sort of stuff inside, uh, prawns. Oh, your double-cooked cheese souffle. I didn't realise that was a Oh, offer. yes. And uh, there are HEMS establishments in there and you can go for the food and see, obviously. You can just go for the food and ignore the racing completely if you choose. Or uh, the rugby league. Or but the rugby league. Now, yeah. uh, so... Adam Hall, the culinary ambassador, this ATC. I mean, mm. these jobs that are going. I, I mean, know. they're just what a great job. Yes. Now that'd be something Manu would like to get. I bet. Yes, he would. Now, uh, this is well, to do. Isn't he an ambassador for something? Sub, submariners. Oh, I didn't realise that the submariners. Well, with Manu on board. Yeah, get it? that's it. Now, uh, Hall, who helms the stars, fine dining restaurant, Flying Fish is curating, wait for it, a Mediterranean-inspired a la carte menu for Rose Hill today mm-hmm. uh, at the Winning Post Restaurant. That's a beautiful the room. The Winning Post Restaurant. I know, restaurant. beautiful room, beautiful room. Uh, <clears throat> with up to 350 guests, we'll sample Flying Fish's signature Spencer Gulf King prawns. They're magnificent Oh, they are, mate. They're melting your mouth. Yeah, I know. Fr- yeah, they're, they're marshmallow in fish. They are. Now... Uh, and oh, ox are. heart tomato and salted blood. Oh, I love wine. an ox heart tomato. Oh, yeah, magnificent eating too. You don't have to do anything. You just got to cut them in half, a little bit of little bit of salt. That's all you need. With a fe- feast of seasonal vegetables that are yes. abundant, thanks to an excellent extended summer. Yes. You overlooked that. Remember how uh, lettuces were going to be twenty dollars each. They were. That's for all a time. in the past now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Spanish mackerel hall uh, is about to introduce his restaurant to his restaurant. Yeah will be served uh, to revelers on Slipper Day. I sort of designed these menus around what I think people would like to enjoy on the day, on race day. What a brilliant idea. I'd never thought of I'd that. I'd never thought of that. You know, It's a great insight into a chef's mind, isn't it? It is. That a chef is going to say, well, I wonder what people would like to eat today based on what's available. What I've got. What I've got, yeah. What's yeah. seasonal? Yeah. What's seasonal? What's that's seasonal? Right. That's, that's the key. That's what I like. I think when you down- I tell you what's going through the roof, H.O. I don't know if you'd bought capsicums recently. Capsicums are very expensive. I don't Especially know. Especially a I red, haven't. red capsicum. Why, why is that? You can just pay something like $13 a kilo for it. You know. How are you going with your caterer's blend, by the way? You still can't get the five kilo tin. You can't. You can't. Uh, back to the race day. I think when you're down there at the race day, being that it's a lunch and it's a beautiful day, you can't really go past grilled prawns. Good. Very Australian kind of thing. And then Spanish mackerel is one of my favourite fish to cook. Beautiful fish. Yeah. Not as good as your New Zealand sole. 
Oh. Now, you're, you're a big uh, fan of New Zealand soul, aren't you? Uh, yes. You don't have to be if you don't want to. Yes. Yes. Maybe I am. <laughs> it depends how it's cooked. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Now, from one topic to the other, but still with racing, this is a great good news story. TAB Racing is on its way to Lithgow with the Greyhound Racing NSW announcing a $3 million overhaul of the venue. Now, I'm not familiar with this venue, but the decision by Greyhound Racing New South Wales to bring Lithgow up to TAB standard comes following the demise of racing, dog racing at Bathurst after the floods destroyed the track beyond repair last November. I had no idea. I had no idea. No idea this was no, happening. No, no. How can you destroy a dog track? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the closure of uh, Kennison Park, uh, well, the GR NSW has been mulling over the opportunity to best service participants, mm. I love that sort of talk, yep. best service participants in the region, ultimately committing to the Lithgow investment in return for the Lithgow GRC, that's Lithgow Greyhound Racing Club, relinqu- relinquishing ownership of the land. Why can't they keep the ownership of the land? I mean, they've had that since about 1907, the Lithgow Grey- Greyhound Racing Association. Is that right? Are you familiar with this I track? I am familiar with that track. Picturesque? It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful track. The, the thing that would need upgrading HG is that I think they've, got, they've still got the what I'd call the Bramwich Lure system. Ah. And that, that needs replacing. This is a sort of cable system for the lure. Yeah. Uh, which often breaks down and when it does break down, it, it's, it's spring-loaded and sometimes you can have a dog killed by the… The return. Yeah. The, the return. Can I ask, how about the facilities for punters? I mean… Oh, they're Perfect. Can can they get a meal there? Yes, something that can come out of a fridge or a or, oh, okay, you know, or a, mm-hmm. the, the facilities aren't great. They're not as good as you're going to get at Rose Hill, for example. Yeah, but could you maybe but put could, in? You a, could easily do that. I, yeah. I, I mean, people, the punters who who go to the Lithgow Greyhound know their food. Would, well, they do know their food, and, and they would love to have something prawns. Or you mentioned uh, New Zealand sole. Yeah. It's flounder I like, Australian ah, flounder. Ah, sorry. sorry. Now, you can get, often you can get New Zealand flounder, but, but, it's, but it's very hard to get Australian, Australian flounder. flounder. And I don't know whether the stocks have disappeared. Flounder used to be very common. It did. People used Australian to Australian fish. Yeah, it's a beautiful fish, very sweet fish. White fish. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. But now. you cannot get it. Now, if you could promise the people of Lithgow, the punters there that go to their greyhound, that you're going to be able to supply them with Aussie flounder. Ah, you get a queue. You would get a queue. Yeah. Now, it's understood the land value is about $3 million. That'd be right. Now, that's comparable with the planned investment to rebuild the track, et cetera. Right. And the latest safety and state-of-the-art welfare measures. Now, right. hang on. What are we talking about? A dog colliding with a patron? Well, that could happen. Uh, I, I've seen that happen where dogs accelerate so much they, they on the first bend in particular... People used to gather there because it's, it's the excitement of seeing the the, the the dogs round the corner. But sometimes the dogs would miss the corner and go straight over the fence and uh, land in somebody's head. Head, mm. not a pretty sight. It's not it? a pretty sight. No. And that, you... I, I've seen that happen plenty of times. And some one time I saw eight dogs, eight, come over, leap the fence, thinking that someone's head was the lure. And started attacking the head. Now, eight greyhounds biting you in the head. 
It's it's uh, terrible. It's a terrible thing. It's Are so you that, talking about a safety fence on that first corner? I am corner? talking about a perspex safety fence. A redesign of the track. Redesign so. of the track. And putting and that, the, that perspex up to a height of about eight metres so that people can get up close and watch their dogs cornering because that's an exciting thing to watch. And you, you get the advantage of sometimes if they do go silly and try to leap the fence, you get what I call smearage. Did the Neanderthal ever pack down against the Homo sapien? The answer is probably. The evidence is in our DNA. This is bludging on the blind side. Now, uh, just, just on the text yes. here. Uh, there we go. Taking Gus's point about the HIA conspiracy, this is, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your Craig Kelly stuff that he's been... I, I think Craig might have been a Palmer man, Clive Palmer man. I think he still is. I'd hope. Is he still think, a Clive? I, 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 I hope he's he a big stick bloke. Good, good. Anyway, taking Gus's point about HIA conspiracy, can a player refuse to leave the field for an HIA if they identify as a sovereign citizen? What a fascinating case that, that would, would be. That would be an excellent case, wouldn't it? Ever? Are, are you suggesting, you know, that that there are people at the moment looking yeah. for? QAnon style, yes. you know, research yes. that proves that, you know, HIA is a conspiracy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that people who are claiming that they have Alzheimer's disease are bunging it on. Bunging it on. And it's very hard to prove one way or the other, isn't it? Mm. I mean, they could just be pretending to be stupid, <laughs> pretending not to be able to remember anything. True. Not hard to do. Not hard to do. Yeah, I do it most of the time. Of course. Mm -hmm. Now, coming back to the Greyhounds, Mm -hmm. this is interesting because the region around Lithgow, and particularly to its west, is a heartland for our participants in Greyhound racing, according to the GRNSW. And being able to upgrade the facility and bring Lithgow in line with other gold standard racetracks we have recently rebuilt is a massive positive for our sport. That is fantastic. Gold Gold standard, yeah. Well, Bathurst used to be gold standard until the floods because they had that new new uh, Surface. lure system. Oh, lure, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and a great – they had a, a lure driver who was world-class. Yes. And always had the, the lure in front of where the dog That's was right. and about to be. Yes. And then they had some uh, trainee – it was a, a growth industry lure yes. driving there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <clears> kids were queuing up to be lure drivers. He said the project would start soon mm. and 52 TIB meetings were expected when complete. So that's one 52, a week. 52, one a week at Lithgow. Yeah. There has been a void of uh, participants west of the Blue Mountains since the flooding. That's yeah. the uh, you know, Bathurst track. Sure. Regardless of what might occur in relationship to the replacement track, Lithgow will not, will not only be an interim measure for those participants, but part of a permanent solution for racing in the central west. Isn't that great? But there's a fair bit of west beyond Lithgow. I don't yes. mean to knock it. No, and, I know that. You know, come in. But I think you've got to look at the uh, the density of dogs. Um, you'll find uh, Lithgow, roughly, there would be every second house would have at least two greyhounds. Yeah, that's a very Now, when you dense. get to Bathurst, it falls off a little bit. Yeah. So maybe every so four So maybe houses. one every four houses, yeah. you, you'd have two dogs. And you get out And once you get to, say, Orange. No one's got them. Well, a few, but not many. Yeah. Uh, Mudgee, again, you might, you might have one dog every six or seven houses. Um, and it's a fascinating thing to do if you do travel the uh, western New South Wales. 
is just to sit in your car in the main street and watch for people walking their dogs. It's wonderful. And to make see. some notes. Make some notes. Yeah, yeah. count. And, yeah, you know, yeah, obviously, right. practiced eyes would be able to tell. That's levels. right. Yeah. Now, speaking of the West, <clears throat> this is good news story. Remember the other day we broke a story about how the West was fighting back, yes. completely underwater. Yes. You know, all over the place. As we pointed out, you know, Bathurst lost their dog track. They lost I mean, their dog it's, track. It's impossible I know. to imagine the town without a dog track. I know. So what we've got is um, Tony Williams or the stars of the NRL. Ex-NRL players are putting something back. And so they highlighted this. Is that T-Rex, Tony Williams? T-Rex, Tony Williams. Uh, Following an undefeated 2022, the majority of uh, backing of the other top 10 grade clubs, the Southwest Goannas, application to rejoin the top tier, was officially signed off by the New South Wales Rugby League. Now they are headed by former Origin star NRL Premiership winner, Tony T-Rex Williams. Wow. Now, for obviously everybody knows the T-Rex story. Um, he, um, might've been the, he's been battling hamstring issues with the, when he was playing with the Picton Magpies last season. Tony the, Williams is still playing. Yeah. I don't imagine. T-Rex, he'd T- be 50. <laughs> Good on him. Wait a minute. He was a bludger of a player though, wasn't he? Well, I mean, he, he promised have... so much and did so little in the end. I know. With the right treatment and recovery process, I think he can go in for another five seasons. Good on him. Uh, my body, well, that wouldn't surprise me. My body has adapted to the changes throughout my entire 15-year career. Right. Inspired by the club's local family-oriented approach and the president Mark Baird's commitment to the game, mm. the booming back row are committed to the Goannas well before the confirmation of the, of the reinstatement in the top grade. Okay. So it's really good. Yeah. It's a family club and I like the image they've uh, going forward and that is a chance to help kids coming through. The coaching aspect was a big factor. I want to pass on the knowledge to younger people and help them get to know the place better. Right. Now, it's uh, a, a really interesting thing because, you know, he can do the lot. He can do the pie warming and the jumping yes. castle, inflating the jumping castle, take the money on the gate, yep. organise the parking and then run out and play 80 minutes of 80 rugby minutes league. Of rugby league, yeah. But that is a lovely story. It is a good story, isn't it? Just putting something back. Now, in the Newcastle area, Luke Walsh and Bragg Ty. Yes. Uh, former Knight Panther and St Helens halfback, over 250 games. Walsh is going to take his talents to Northern Hawks. Right. And although he's been uh, back playing in Newcastle for a few years, firstly West Central Newcastle has signed on the Hawks, uh, signed on with the Hawks for the inaugural season. Mm. The Port Stephens-based club has connections to the First Nations community in the area. Good. Uh, they are stacked with former talent, including the 170-game NRL veteran and former Indigenous All Stars Bragg Dye. Yes. And lining up as who's uh, lining up as captain coach of the club as well. Well, isn't that wonderful? Captain coach. Captain now, coach. That's the good news. The it, bad news yeah. is. Remember Sam Burgess? I do. Uh, remember how he went north? He did to coach a team last year, and I want to say they were the Arara Valley Axemen. Yes, the Axemen. Yes. Now they folded. No way. They've been around since 1908. No, I, I've, I've got no idea. And this That's a me. very proud club. I know. And leads me to your comments about last week and the Canterbury, the roots, the roots of the Canterbury-Bankstown berries yes. were chopping down trees. Cho- yeah, know. which I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that. I didn't know that the, the original axemen were the, were the berries. I had no idea. Nobody that. knew that. That that whole Canterbury-Bankstown area was a forest. Waiting to be cut down by rugby league players. So they could play. So they could play rugby league. I know. I know. See. Uh, Now, John, 
has suggested here, H.G., that his mother's generation favourite dinner was a piece of flounder. Every Friday evening they would have flounder, usually grilled. As a result, he thinks Australian flounder is now exist, uh, extinct. May well be the case. Every person of his mother's generation ate flounder. Yeah, apparently. That's what he's suggesting, yes. Flounder was a very popular fish. Where, where, what part of... Uh, is he writing from? Any idea? No, bigger. Yeah, bigger. Right. Mm. Right, there you go. Yeah. That'd be interesting to have a flounder hunt down there and see if yeah. they can find some. Yeah, yeah. Because we've got a big fish extinction happening, at, I want to say, the Menindee Lakes at the moment. A million so fish. So many millions of fish have just died. For no, What would that be about? Well, it'd have to be the floods, a lot of poisons and stuff getting into the river. That'd the be flood, it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Now, man, get this. What? Free headgear will be offered to hundreds of junior rugby league players to encourage parents to register their children to play footy. Now, this does headgear work? I don't think headgear works, doesn't it? It just makes your head a target. Well, because people look at your headgear and say, "Oh man, yeah, I want to hit that." I want to hit that. Now, Kalen Ponga, mm. he's out every other week with concussion. Yes. He wears headgear all the time. I know. I know he does. Apropos of your question, does yeah. it work? It doesn't appear it, to work. It doesn't appear case. to work at all. Is it case by case, the headgear? Yeah. Anyway, now this is um, Eastern Suburbs Junior Rugby League's implementing the new safety measures that are time in concussion and head injuries have become such a hot topic in NRL. The headgear normally sells for 70 bucks. Right. But this will be free with every registration. Now, the New South Wales Rugby Free League... Free headgear. Oh, no, it doesn't sound it's, like it's, it. it's a white flag, isn't it? it, it it's They're over. just putting up a white it's flag over. saying that this is a very dangerous sport. I know. They'd I know. be best to ignore it. Just pretend it isn't there. Or get We're talking about Craig Kelly. <laughs> Craig Kelly doesn't wear headgear. No. Nor should you yeah. play or, rugby league. There's your campaign. I know. Or... or Climate change isn't happening. Forget the Menindee floods. Yeah. Now, Mindy Lakes, the fish dying. Now, rising or, sea levels. Or it's or, all nonsense. Or have a simple A4 sheet of paper saying, "I accept the risk in playing rugby league." Signed by A. Sprod, yes. age five. Yeah, but then they, then you're going to have a class action against parents. Uh well, I see. I, I worry that, in fact, a class action against parents mm. is where this is all going to end up. Well, it will. You know, my, I was my... forced to play rugby league. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't forced. I was encouraged. Mum yeah. and Dad loved their rugby league. They wanted me to play rugby league. So I played rugby league, became a champion, and I got hit in the head. And now I can't. Now I can't do nothing. And now I call myself Gilbert Blockley. Call... Yeah, that's right. And I'm looking for flounder, and I can't find none. <laughs> so I'm going to go and see Clive Palmer and ask him where all the flounder's gone. Now, What's he going to do about Menindee Lakes? He reckons it's nothing happening. New South Wales Rugby League introduced new rules late last year, banning tackling in the younger age divisions. Now, banning tackling? Yeah, remember what sort of coming. rugby league's that? How can that work? I don't know. We're building the game around our attack. Yeah, that, well, that's, be it. Yeah, that's it. You might get scores of up around three or four hundred <laughs> in the. Uh, yeah. I. I honestly once met somebody who was playing in a lower grade who said that that weekend they'd played, let's say, the Wyong Devils, whoever it was, uh-huh. and they ran 100 in 102 points against them. Fantastic. So that's more Well, than that's going to bring the crowds back, isn't it? That sort of attacking <laughs> entertainer's style of rugby league. Mm. Mm. The kids were to play tag football instead, but following a backlash from parents, South Sydney and Manly Juniors Leagues chose to ignore the edicts. Ah. Sovereign citizens. Sovereign citizens. There you are. 
We don't believe in the law. We don't believe in physics. No. We don't believe in HIA. No. We don't believe in concussion. But we love rugby but league. But we love rugby league. <laughs> there, was, there was a concern we'd lose players to South Sydney, said Eastern Suburbs Junior League President Bob Tate. Yeah. All the kids want to play tackle like they're NRL heroes, so we decided to do providing headgear for every player was the way to go. They got a sponsor, Storage King. Storage King, great firm. They love their heads. Uh, to pay for them all, the kids don't have to wear them, but we'll encourage them to do so. And but how does it help? How does it help? Okay, we come back to looking Have for you ever seen an ad for headgear? Hello, I wear headgear. I've never had concussion. You don't see that. I know. But we come back to the problem here is we think that what is happening is there's something going on with players' saliva and blood that oh, is yeah. causing them to get concussion. Concussion. That's where, this, that's where we're at. Is it's that what Craig Kelly reckons? <laughs> I reckon if you got him down and started taking out his toenails, he would. He would. He, he, yeah, with a pair of pliers. Right. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. You're right, yeah, okay. Now, okay. Uh, mercifully, Taters says, the, the president says the uh, parents have been overwhelming supportive, mm. supportive. There hasn't been one complaint. Good. The parents have really embraced it. All the feedback has been positive. Anything with an extra layer of protection might uh, make the game a little safer for the little ones. Now, an extra layer of protection, <sighs> you just can't get enough, can you? Uh, yes. Look, it's... It's, it's a can of worms, isn't it? A, an absolute can of it's, worms. It's a can of worms. And, I, and people are looking for simple and elegant solutions. There are none. There are none. There are none. It's a very dangerous sport. People are going to have head injuries. How do we cope with that? Yeah. And you've got to remember that uh, I don't want to make comparisons, cross-code comparisons, mm. but a boxer usually has six months off after he gets punched in the head yes. to wait till the next bout. I sure. mean, it's not as though they're fighting every week. No. Or some do, but they're yeah. not long for this life. No. Um, well, that makes the game very almost unworkable, HG, if you've got to have six months off. You might only, <laughs> in a whole career, you might only get ten games. Well, if that. If that. Yeah. Well, ten games at that rate would be five years. Yeah. Do you want to be fairly sure? You'd want to be keen, wouldn't you? <laughs> Now, look, um, that's about it for the bludge for this week. But as you can see, we're open to suggestions and got plenty of people thinking for us as well. And if you want to go back and relive the disappointment of the last two hours of your life, which you're never going to get back, it's all available on podcast. Uh, Enjoy the week and we'll be back with more Bludging on the Blind Side. Same time, same place next week. See ya. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.